Right, what we're going to do today is I want to just take this opportunity to talk us through a little bit about what God's done with us as a people over the time we've been here at the Youth Centre. We met, we, st- we arrived uh, September 2012 was when we first started meeting here. Fast forward four years and a little bit and we're moving on to new things. And so I want to just reflect on some of the things God done. And the whole point of this is to actually point to Jesus and say what he's done amongst us is amazing and how he's dealt with us as a church and all the incredible things we've done. So hopefully this will be a time of encouragement for you. All of you will have joined at some point on that journey. You might remember when we first arrived, you might actually have just literally joined today and think, who are these bunch of people? I've just come a part of us. Listen and hear all the things that God has done for us, and it should hopefully spur us into times of worship and praise and just celebration of what an amazing God we have here. All right, first of all, just remind us a little bit about us as a church, our purpose, what we're about, which is on this banner here, which we put up every week. We believe real life is about having a relationship with Jesus, following the example of Jesus and changing our world with Jesus. We're all about Jesus here. That's what we set our hearts to when we began the church, when we felt God call us here to this place and we gathered a small team to begin our work here. It was always pointing to Jesus, always saying we want to go after him, we want to make his name known, his name great. We believe passionately that he is the most important person who ever lived. We believe what he said about himself is true. What is written about him in the Bible is also true, that when Jesus came to earth, he was both fully God and fully man. We've looked at that over our Christmas series. He lived a perfect life here on earth. He was born of a virgin. Then he died a death that he was totally innocent of. Actually, we should have died in his his place, but he took our place. He then rose bodily from death. He ascended to his Father in heaven, sent the Holy Spirit to be with his church, and he rules and reigns in splendor, and one day will return to judge the living and the dead. We believe he is completely and fully God, and the ultimate aim of our life, of everyone's life who live, is to come to know Jesus and live a life that honors and glorifies him, which is what we want to do as a church. It's what we want to be about. We want to communicate that to as many people who will listen so they too can come into relationship with Jesus for themselves and be transformed that. We believe as a people, on the other banner, it's over there by Dan. We believe God has called us to become a large, influential, reproducing church. We felt God speak to us about this just as we were beginning the church. And at, the time of it, at that time, there may have been probably only eight or ten of us as a little group thinking, what's God saying to us as a people? And we believe God was calling us to those three things, which as we look around now, we can see it slowly coming to pass. We believe God would call us to be large, to grow numerically, which we have done. We believe that God would grow not only large in number, but also large in our knowledge of God. It wouldn't just be a numbers game, but actually about each of us growing in our depth and relationship with Jesus. So we would grow large as people in who we are as followers of Jesus. We'd be influential, which means we'd be a positive blessing to wherever we find ourselves. And this is a corporate thing, the whole church. How can we be a blessing to the community we're part? But it also works as individuals, each of you, each of us. And we go to homes, we have neighbors, and we have colleagues at work, and we have contacts, relationships, maybe through our children and the school and whatever it is, clubs and societies we're a part of, how do we be a positive blessing and influence on that place? And the last one is we would reproduce ourselves, that through that, through what God's doing amongst us, 
others would come to know Jesus for themselves. And we've had people, men and women who would, that would be their story of this church. So through what we've done, God has met them and they've become Christians. But also, which we haven't done yet, but looking to the future, we want to plant churches as well. So it's not just us. It doesn't finish in us. We will plant and start new churches. Watch this space for information on that when God speaks. But that's where we're going. And there are three things I just want to talk about today for us as a church. The first one is um, family growth. The biggest reason for us having to move home is we've grown as a family. And I know this is my own personal experience. Um, When Mel and I got married, we had this um, wonderful one-bedroom flat that we moved into. It was our first family home. And we loved it. And I look back on with fond memories on it, even though it was an absolute horrible dive of a place with the most abominable heating system and noisy neighbors. One was on a breakup upstairs and had Celine Dion on repeat. Her heart was going to go on, I'm just saying. We had the couple downstairs who had angry arguments, then angry makeup as well, which we got to listen into as well, which was just wonderful. But that was our home, and we loved it. But it was small, and we used, we used to get people around there to entertain, and it was brilliant. And we would we'd have a little tiny kitchen with this little tiny table, and we'd bring some friends around to entertain them there. But what would happen is we'd all have to sit around the table, and once we were in on the table, you couldn't move. And the reality was Mel would have to serve dinner from her chair, leaning over the cooker to the table. And if you wanted cutlery or utensils that we'd forgotten to get out, you have to tell to your guests, do you turn around in that cupboard, open it, and pull it out? Because there was just no room once you're in. And if you wanted to go to the loo, you couldn't. You go to the loo before the meal, we sit down, we do everything, and then when we can all get up and leave, then you can go to the loo again. Because you ain't getting out once you're penned in and everyone's in sitting and eating. But that was our home. And then we moved and we got a, a, a three-bedroom house. And it was staggering what happened. We put all our stuff in this three-bedroom house, and we had like two or three rooms completely empty. There was just nothing in there. We had nothing. We had our one little sofa went in the lounge, and suddenly the lounge looked huge because we had this tiny sofa in the corner and a little tiny telly, and it was like, right, we need to fill this with stuff. And the same with the kitchen, and the two bedrooms upstairs were totally empty, but we knew we were growing. We wanted to do it in, and us as a people, we have grown. When we first met here, 2012 September, we had three rows of chairs... And Andrew, I spoke to earlier, Andrew, we're chatting before, and he described it as we had three rows of chairs we put out optimistically. And we spread the gaps between the chairs so they looked bigger. And we, the, the, the leg room was quite generous just to give us a feeling of space in the room. There was probably about 40 of us in attendance at that time. That included the children. Um, and so there weren't many of us. And now we're leaving December 2016. And our average attendance is just shy of 150 now on a given Sunday. So we're seeing incredible growth. We had over 170 in October, which was when we had the baptisms. So we kind of packed the place out. So God has grown us. And it's time to move out of this home into a bigger family home, which is why we're moving to the grammar school, to give us that bigger room to grow and all that God has done. But we haven't just seen our family, we've grown as a family, but we've also grown in age. When we were here, when we first arrived, I think all of us were under the age of around, I think 45 might have been our oldest. And we've grown in both ends of the spectrum. We've grown younger in terms of we have had babies everywhere, 
And if we put the next one up, if I've got, if I've missed someone, please just forgive me. But I went through all the babies who were born here while we were here. There were some who were born. My youngest was born before we arrived here. But there was Caleb, Isa, and baby girl Dean, who's still in the hospital. Zach, Esme, Rory, Abraham, Mary, Elliot, Anna, Sophie, and John are the ones. Oh, and Joy. I tell you, I knew I was going to forget one. Sorry, and Joy. But, so there should be one more, but aren't they beautiful? But they have all, and we've also got three more on the way. So, woo, yeah, woo. Someone should be wooing. At least those couples should be wooing, because there's more on the way. So we have had so many children come amongst us. Many have joined. We've had them born. It's been absolutely fabulous. On our books, I spoke to Melanie as our youth kind of youth and children's person and said, right, how many people do we have on our books who kind of regularly attend? And we had, we've got almost over 90 under 18s who regularly attend us as a church. Over 90, considering where we were. And God has added many of them since we've been here. When we arrived here, we didn't even have a youth group, kind of the teenage. God has blessed us, added to us. But as well as growing younger, we've grown older. Put the next one up. All of you, you can pick which category you fit in there. I just... They're the pictures I found on the internet. If you have grey hair here, I'm getting there. We prayed for you. I mean, you have to hear that. We prayed for you. We had prayer meetings in our homes saying, God, grow us, not just numerically, not just so we were saved, but grow us in spread of age, that we would represent more of what you're doing in this town, more of, of your kind of kingdom, that it's not just, we're not just young, we started young, we wanted to grow, oh, we needed that maturity, we needed that life experience, we needed that wisdom, we need people who'd walked with the Lord for decades, been married for decades, raised their kids, seen their grandkids, to bring that wisdom into the church, so we had a fuller expression of all that God was doing here. So if you fit, you think you fit in that category over the age of 45, We love that you're here, and we prayed for you, and we're glad that you're here, and we're glad that you added to us. And over the time of being here at the Youth Center, God has been good to us and answered our prayer and brought you here to be part of us. So we've seen growth in that sense. So numeric growth, we've seen the age spread kind of really push us out, which has been fantastic. We're so pleased for that. The last bit on this section is we had... uh, Sutton Christian Fellowship came and joined us. This, I, if I got this date right, September 2014, we had um, Jeremy and Becky. Where's your wife? There. <laughs> Sorry. Next to you. Good. Cool. Jeremy and Becky, they came to us, leading another church in the town. They felt it was right through a kind of a conversation with us to come and join us as part of the church. And here's the staggering thing. They, they did something that I would consider incredibly courageous, incredibly bold. In fact, they felt the call of God to stop what they were doing, come and join us. They did an incredible job in leading their church through it to the point where every single member of that church stayed. They literally all joined. We didn't lose anyone. One couple moved to Dubai we felt that was okay not to demand that they kept coming back here on a Sunday. We thought, eh, all right, we'll let that one go. You can go to a church in Dubai. It's a bit of a long commute every Sunday. But they led 
the church so well that they are, those people are in here. You wouldn't know because they're all part of us now. We're all moving forward together, but they have done a fantastic job. And I just wanted to publicly commend them for what an awesome job they did in making that happen. And so as a result, they joined us. We, God moved us forward. We had a kind of a growth bump as a result. We had a spreading of age as a result. And it was, and they think they brought their, our first youth group as well added to the church. It was amazing. So God has done a fantastic job here. So that's going to be the end of part one. Can the band come up? We're going to have a couple of songs. While we, while we sing these songs and celebrate what God's done, we're going to take our offering um, for the youth center. So if you want to get that ready, if you would like uh, an envelope to put the gift in, because if you're giving by cash, if we know it's from you, we can claim the money back from the tax man which means we get to give more, which is great because it's money that the government already got. We get to have it back. So if you want to do that, checks, just make them payable to Real Life Church. We'll take them. Oh, we can do that. We'll do that. Okay. What we're going to do, just to keep you active, is we've got some bags down the front here. You're going to come and put your gifts in the bags. And Charlotte has got the envelopes over here. So you get to come forward, put them there, go back to your seat. We're going to sing some songs. Um, and then we'll let you know once we've added all how much we get to bless the youth center with. Does that all make sense? It, ben, it makes sense too. There's a, a bit distinct lags. If people have forgotten, what can they do? Write an IOU. And we'll chase you to redeem it. You know, we're like that. Please stand up. We're going to sing a couple of songs. And then we'll have the next part of the sermon. Over to you. All right, next part. Uh, good to our communities. We looked at family growth. Second part, good to our community. When we um, started the church here, one of the things that was kind of pushed upon me as I was um, reading and praying and thinking about what this church would be like was a passage from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, where God is talking to his people, but the people are in exile. They've moved. They've gone from Israel, where they were the, the land of promise, so they've been taken to Babylon, a foreign land, a pagan land, and they're kind of confused about God. What are you doing? What's happened? They can't see his hand. And the prophet speaks to them and speaks into that situation as they are exiles in this foreign land, surrounded by a foreign culture. And I felt it had applicability to us as the church as we were starting it. And what he says is Jeremiah said to the um, uh, said on behalf of God to the, um, the exiles. There. He says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and daughters and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And what I felt for us as a people as we were coming here, we were to put roots down as a church. We were here to stay. We weren't going to be fly-by-night people. We were going to come and be here long-term. We were going to take jobs. We were going to have our children here. We were going to be an influence and a benefit and a positive kind of effect on the city that we'd come to. And as part of that, we wanted to be good to our community. We wanted to be a positive blessing wherever we found ourselves, whether it's individual or as a church, in your job, in your school, whatever it was, you wanted to be positive. And as a result, over the last four years, we've done a bunch of things along those lines. We've run our own events, um, many of them over the years. 
If you want to put that, we've run Messy Easter multiple times, our free kids event that we run at Easter time, which is packed out Messy Christmas, which is its Christmas kind of counterpart, which we ran just a few weeks ago. Who's here at Messy Christmas? It was awesome. Packed this place out, loads of free um, craft for the kids, high quality stuff. We just say we love you, want to bless you, give it to them. We've done the Easter egg hunt and the Stickman Challenge, which are kind of an Eastery themed and post-Easter event where we basically just said, come kids, have fun uh, on us um, in the park just there. And we've had lots of people, like the Stickman Challenge, we had over 100 people come and just enjoy that. We did the Acoustic Costa with some events with our musicians. We did it at the Costa Coffee just over at Windley. We had the Cheese and Wine event, which was, I think, November time which was absolutely awesome, a loco hotel. Who was at the Cheese and Wine? Very good. I don't like cheese or wine, and I loved it. I had a fantastic time. It was brilliant there. Something for dogs. We've done Knit Night, which we run uh, in the Bowman High Street, uh, blessing there. And literally, if you kind of tot up these events over the years that we've done, hundreds of people have kind of been through our, what we've done. They've been through our doors, they've been in events we've involved, and we just got to bless them and show them that God is good and we're okay. Uh, and we love that, and we love being able to add to something that's going on in the community. And the response from people to those events has been overwhelmingly positive. We have people come again and again and say, stuff you run is great. We love coming to them. We love bringing our kids to them. We, just, we love what you do as a church. It's great to be part of that. But as well as doing our own things which is good, we want to do. We've also sought to partner with others doing their things because, you know, there's lots of good stuff going on elsewhere. We just want to get involved. So one of them is the Great Midlands Fun Run, which we have run as a church, I think, for the last four years. Um, And we have, as part of that, we put a team in from the church just to join in. It's one of the largest community events in the town. Um, 7,000 people run it, plus as many, maybe more, watch so it's a huge event and we've put teams in with shirts last year we ran we pushed a little dig around the map built and we went around and we gave out sweets we've raised money for homestart a local charity the local branch of homestart that helps um, parents with kids kind of getting started in life we did that for two years we've raised money for the youth center here and last year we raised money for the jericho which is this year isn't it we raised money for the jericho foundation which is a local charity so we've done that and it's just for our way of saying we want to bless the community it's also a publicity thing and just being part of the profile of who we are as a church and just want to be involved i had a conversation about two weeks ago with a mum who I know a little bit from the school where my kids go. And she came up to me. It started a bit cryptically. I didn't know which way it was going to go. But she said to me, she said, oh, we were, I was looking at photos of you last night. And you're like, uh-uh, what, where, what, where does this... And I looked at her quizzically like, this could be awkward. But she said, no, when you, you guys did the fun run. And I was like, what? And what they did is they had a kind of an awards dinner a few weeks back where they celebrated the fun run. They announced the amount of money the whole thing had raised. And because we'd been in it, and we'd pushed this crazy dig around, and we'd dressed up with the hats and everything, our photos featured prominently in that event. And she said, I was at that event with a friend who's involved in the kind of organizing thing of the church. Sorry, of the fun run. And your pictures were up there, and I was reminded, because you had your church thing, that that was you guys, that was the church, and it was really good. And I was like, wow, that was six months after the event happened, and people are still talking about it. And so it's just great to be a part of that. FYI, we're doing it again next year. Get ready, start training. There'll be nowhere to hide, okay? Just saying. 
the food bank um, with the URC church in town, something called URC, they started it. We said, well, can we come along and just help? Can we collect food for it, which we do every week? We've got a pile of stuff here. We leave that out. That will continue at the girls' school. Just put something extra in your shopping. It goes on. I know there's a massive demand. So we got involved in that. Philip here and Jax. Wave at me, Jax. Where's Jax? She's out, so she can't, but Matt's over there. Jax, they help. They serve at that and help kind of make that sort of work from us, and that's brilliant. And so we want to just bless what they're doing there, serving the needy of the town. There was a Sutton Coalfield Community Games, which I think actually beats the fun run in terms of the largest event, or it might be on a par with it, of the town. They have about over 10,000 people come through its kind of through its doors over the weekend, which is all held at the Leisure Centre over there. And they basically, all the local sports teams and community groups from the town just get to set up shop for free and say, this is what we do. Loads of people come through. But this year, they asked us to be involved. Our band ran the music thing and played music, and they loved it because our band sound great. And they got some other musicians to play and be involved, and we just got to bless people with great music. As well as that, our kids team, led by Melanie, put on some events for the kids, and they loved what we did because we catered for the smallest children. Because of the way the events were, like the rugby club were there and the, the rowing club and the cycling and football and all these other people, it catered for slightly older kids and adults, but we had nothing for the really small ones. So Mel set up like an obstacle course for the little ones, and the organizers kept coming back to saying, we're so glad you're here. Thank you, because you give us a fullness in what we do, which means we can cater for the little tiny ones. And it was so great to be a part of that and just be a blessing to the community and everything they do. We also had the, um, the Boldmere Music Festival and the, the Christmas light switch on, which was just a couple of weeks ago where our band go and play some carols and just get involved and sound awesome. And it's just a blessing to all the people who come along to that. We also put on some free kids craft, which gets mobbed because we just put on some great craft. Kids can come and do that for free and we just get to be a blessing and a part of what's going on, which is awesome. As well as those kind of more formal things, we have a bunch of informal things that we do as well. And that's where you guys get involved in your day-to-day lives. We are a blessing to our community in every way. If you have a job, if you go to work and you work hard as part of this kind of area, part of this town, as part of this city, you are being a blessing. Putting in a good day's work, working hard, being diligent in that, working well for your boss, working well with your colleagues, serving those under if you are in a position of authority and you have people who work for you. That is an incredible blessing on this town and this city. Some of you are parents. You've got kids who go to school. You're a blessing to those schools. You work on the PTA. You work as governors, all those things. We've also done stuff with them. Um, serving people with new mums with food. We've had a lot of babies. A lot of people get served with food. There's some friends I know that have been involved recently who aren't part of the church, but a bunch of the church said, we know them. They just had a new baby. It's their second. They'll be utterly terrified and exhausted because life's just exploded with another child. So they put together a food rotor, and they've just gone around blessing with food. I met one, the dad, in Tesco's car park just the other day, totally by chance, and he just couldn't believe that this food just keeps turning up every day from people he'd never met, saying, here, we love you, we bless you, have some food, it'll help you cope with your children um, and what you're doing. And just general loving and caring for people, and I've heard so many stories over the years we've been here of people just loving and caring and serving for one another in the church, outside the church, and it's amazing just to be part of that, a great blessing on the community. Also, the youth centre here, We've had an opportunity to be a great blessing to this place. We have given them rent every Sunday. 
when we kind of pay for this place, we do get something for it, but we've, we've given that, which I know they found helpful in their own budgeting. We paid. Look down at the floor. It may not appear of it now, but we paid to have this floor done. It was worse than this when we started. Just leave it like that. But we came in here and we thought, what can we do practically just to be a benefit to this place? I said, we went to them and said, look, do you mind if we pay? And it was a big bill, several thousand pounds, to get this floor done, professionally cleaned and lacquered and all, whatever they do to floors, you know, they do stuff. But we paid for it and they were thrilled with that because it helped them make it easier to hire this place out for others. So we were a blessing to them and, they, and then others come and rent this place as well we've been involved in cleanups inside and outside just making this place nice but it's not a one-way street they have been a huge blessing to us they've let us hang our equipment they let us come and go pretty much as we please in this place they've let us store so much stuff all this kit disappears under the stage and into cupboards and they basically let us take all the storage they want so they've been a super blessing to us one of the ways we've been great blessing over the years, we've taken offerings for various things. We've taken um, for St. Basil's, a local charity that Jonathan, part of the team here, uh, works for. And we t- we, if you remember it, there was one we brought in toothpaste and uh, cleaning products to give starter kits for people who've basically come off the street going into supported housing and stuff and they've got nothing. So we put together starter kits of deodorant and the like. Uh, to give to them, to bless them. We took a one um, for the refugee situation that went to a church in Turkey uh, to serve the, the refugees. They were helping coming from Syria and other places. That was a monetary offering. That was a great one, a blessing. Also, the Bridge Project, which is a local charity uh, that works out of one of the other churches that we know in the, the city center. Uh, we've given them a gift this Christmas. I sent an email about that. We've done it previous Christmas as well to serve them, to help for those guys who've come out of off addiction, off the street, to give them a Christmas time, to give them a Christmas dinner, presents, etc., because they have nothing. So we've had an opportunity to be a wonderful blessing. And all our blessing that we've received, that God's given us, we're seeking to pass on as well. So it's not just God bless us, it's actually how can we be a blessing to others. And it's something we want to continue as we move um, out of here, uh, which is wonderful. Sound good? All right. We're almost there. That's two-thirds of the way through. What we're going to do now is we're going to have a quick break, comfort break. If you need to stretch, use facilities, grab a food or a drink, we're going to play, say, for about three minutes, four minutes. Go and do that. All right, the... um, the last part, the third part is change lives, which for me, for us, is the most important thing about what we do. It's great to see us grow and, and be a blessing to the community around. I think that's important. That's what God's asked us to do. But ultimately, our destination is for people to meet Jesus for themselves. For us as believers to grow ourselves, but also for new people then to come and meet Jesus for the first time. And as our time here in the youth center, we've had lots of examples of that happening. There are many who can testify from their own personal kind of experience that what God's grown me in, even for me, leading this church from where we started to where we are now, I know God has grown me, transformed me hugely in that time. But also we've seen many, many people come to know Jesus for the first time. Um, if you put the picture up, this is just a picture of our baptism that we had, which is an example of it. That was only a few weeks back but in terms of people becoming Christians this is what I think forgive me if I've missed you but this is what I think people who have become Christians we've had adults we've had Dave and Haley, Sam and Ness Hannah Sophia 
and Nikki become Christians here. Can we have a whoop for that? That's seven that I know of while we've been here. Youth, you've had eight, including some recommitments. Joel, Joel, Emily, Caitlin, Matt, Cassidy, Josh, and Amber. Plus, we have had 12 of our children make commitments to Jesus out in kids' work, which again... So they are fantastic stories of God impacting people's lives personally. Baptism-wise, we've baptized 10 people in this room at various points. Woo, okay, woo. I wasn't expecting a woo there. Nor were you by the sounds of it, but we've had Mark and Dave and Haley and Matt and Joel and Sam and Ness and Hannah and Joel and Sophia all baptized in this room, which is just an awesome thing about what God said he would do. He said he would build his church. He said he would transform lives. And it's great when we read the stories in our Bibles and then we look at what's happening now and think, same God. What he did then, he's doing now. And he's transforming lives and he's changing people. And it's been absolutely brilliant to celebrate that. And most of us, I imagine, would know some of those people I've um, listed out. You might be one of those people. But it's so wonderful to see all that God is doing in transforming and touching lives. As well as that, we've run a bunch of courses, which are along that theme as well. As a church, we run Freedom in Christ. Woo! Freedom in Christ. It began with a kind of a, a secret undercover kind of pilot course with a small group. We then took the whole church through it. So if you were here, you all went through it. We had the Freedom Days. Since then, Mike and Sarah have run um, another course, which is almost finished, not quite. And in terms of numbers, we had 19 on the two sort of smaller courses run through homes. Plus in the middle, there was kind of basically most of us went through it. And I know I'm still hearing from stories. We've got some people in our life group who are doing the Freedom in Christ, and they keep coming back and saying, God is doing amazing things, setting free from lies. It's been incredible, transforming stuff. I'm absolutely thrilled about all that. We've also run the marriage course. Mike and Fliss have been doing that. Uh, They put three couples through it kind of informally, just in their home, just taken through the material, helped them. So we got strengthened marriages out of that, which again is wonderful. We've also run Alpha a bunch of times. I think we've got 18, our number that Melanie gave me of guests who've been on our Alpha course that we've run probably a couple of year for the last few years, which has been absolutely fantastic. Some of those people, the people who then become Christians, um, oh, the check pictures changed, and we baptize. So God is about transforming lives. And it's absolutely amazing, um, all the things you've done. And our prayer is that that would continue. And I hope that if you've been here any period of time you can testify to what it's been like with God working your life, transforming you, changing you, challenging you, growing you as a Christian. That's good news. Amen? Amen. Melanie, do you want to come? A little bit. We wanted to just tell a few stories and we realize in a room like this, There will be so many stories. So we've just picked some people that we just thought we would love to tell us a little bit about what this journey has been like for them in this place. Um, And I know informally you're all telling these kind of stories. So I'm going to ask Dan Maisie, Andrew and Becca, Jeremy and Becky, and Hayley. That's Hayley. If you can come up. Dan, I'm going to ask you to go first if that's okay. It's a little bit harsh, but I know you can handle it. So let's give Dan a hand. Okay. Hi, everyone. And so for those that don't know me, uh, my name's Dan. I joined the church uh, just as we moved to Clifton Road Youth Centre. Trying to think what God's done over four years in just two minutes is quite tricky to actually cram it all in. But I think in the real life way, I'll go for three things, which I think God has done. Um, 
so number one, I think, workplace. So when I joined the church, I just started a job in, as a graduate in a professional services firm. Going from a student, the transition was quite tricky, but God put people like Ben and Charlotte and many others who helped me. Even since then, I think God has really sort of shown favour. So whilst being there, I've had a couple of promotions. And even last week, I got the chance to go and spend some time with our leadership in the US and Canada. And off the back of that, there's a great story as well where I got to chat to a director in our team. We spoke for about three hours about Jesus and testimonies, and he even invited me to church the next day, which was unexpected, but amazing as well. I think the second thing I'm grateful for in my personal journey um, is having people at the church who are sort of God-fearing and respect the Bible. So when I first turned up, I had the view that I potentially didn't need to be baptised. I spoke with Mel, who kindly suggested that I read my Bible, <laughs> which was, uh, whilst blunt, I read the Bible, turned out Mel was correct, and so off the back of that, got baptised, and yeah, it, it helped me on the journey. And then the last thing is in terms of worship, so I'm naturally shy, so actually talking to people or being up in front of people is terrifying. Um, I'd never actually played drums in front of people or maybe once before coming to church and hadn't always had the best times at uni. Um, so having the leads like Matt and Phil has been incredible, both because they're musically talented and pushed me to do things that I wouldn't have done otherwise, so like playing in Boldmere, worship in front of, sort of many people, or leading whatever. And, but as well as that, uh, having them who do a lot of the unseen, sort of pastoral and Karen, has been just an amazing blessing. And I think the last thing I say, I just love uh, how a lot of the blessing which I've had at this church hasn't been the sort of manner from heaven, it's just been sort of people in the day-to-day. That's it. Thank you. Why don't we have the pinders up now? Come on. Hi, uh, I'm Becca. It's my husband, Andrew. He's uh, asked me to talk, so... Uh, I'm going to go a minute on church and a minute on uh, family highlights. So we were called to this church... Uh, from day one, really, uh, and we very much love it here. Um, in the early days, we served on, apart from worship, I think pretty much all of the teams because it was a small church, and, and that's what we did. And as part of that mix, we served in uh, on a kids' team. Uh, if I'm honest, in our natural giftings, I would have put that fairly kind of low as, as to what we were good at and, and called to do. Uh, but a couple of years ago, uh, whilst we were thinking and praying about it, God really uh, asked us just to step up and lead a team, um, which in the natural was, was not a natural progression. Uh, but I can honestly say that uh, following him in doing that, God has blessed us with every last thing we've needed to do that. Um, so yeah, I definitely challenge you that if God calls you to do something out of your comfort zone or that surprises you, run with it because he's never out of his depth and he will provide everything you need. Um, for us as a family, I think it would be impossible for us to leave Clifton Road, uh, not having said that God has added this one to our family since we've been here. Um, in the sort of 18 months before we had Anna, we sadly had two miscarriages, but I can honestly say that the people of God and God walked with us so beautifully through that sadness and the joy of adding Anna to us. Um, Thomas has really benefited from the wonderful children's work here and is really uh, engaged with the Bible and just asking some brilliant questions. So thank you to so much of you that, that teach him out there. Um, 
I've stepped out into areas of work that are way beyond my comfort zone thanks to the love, support, prayers and prophecy of some brilliant people in this room and some teaching we've had as a church. Uh, And the final thing I was just going to say, talking about the community, um, my parents' house was destroyed by a fire last year. Uh, Within a week, some of you amazing people had got them some stuff together and they were just blown away. Off the back of that, they've been on an alpha course here. They've learned about Jesus, and I hope one day they will have their own story uh, to tell about that. Um, I think the only thing I'd add to what Becca said is that since we've been here at Clifton Road, I've really seen the Lord care for and provide for the real-life church as a a living body. Um, All the people who have turned up, all the people who have joined all the teams, I've seen these teams grow and people have been called to them um, specifically. And also people have stepped up because God's called them in the way that they've looked around and they've decided, realized they're the only one. There is no one else, um, isn't it? It's, it's been amazing to see it happen. Amen. Thank you, Pindy. The, um, the Pinders for us will always be a special family because my, my greatest fear in moving and church planting was that my little boy, Levi, would be the only kid on a church plant and there'd be loads of adults and he wouldn't have any friends. And our first week, Thomas turned up with his dad and, and it was like God just said, do you not think I already have that covered? And for me, every time I look at the Pinders, I, they, for me, are provision. I look at them and just go, God already knew way in advance what we needed and what would make this work. And so often people in this room are, are just God's provision to us and God's gift to us. So it, it's, good, it's good to look at people like that and, and, and just value what God has done, really. So... I'm going to ask Jeremy and Becky to come up. Hmm. Okay. Um, So I think our story starts probably about six and a half years ago when we moved up to Birmingham to to plant a church with a a group of people that were meeting um, twice weekly. And... Um, I'm not going to tell you the whole story there, but we spent four years building that church. And two and a half years ago, there was a, a point where we, we were looking at God and saying, where are we going from here? How is it that you're going to fulfill the vision that you've given um, Becky and myself? Um, how is it that you're going to fulfill um, the vision that you gave us that moved us ultimately from South Africa to the middle of England to plant church for you? And um, I remember two and a half years ago coming and visiting, standing in this exact spot, and I think we were arranged in this way with uh, five or six families that came with, and I introduced ourselves as a family with two children, which was a terrible, terrible error because we had three at the time. (laughs) Um, So number one, I want to thank God that you still accepted us after that. Um, Yeah, so two and a half years ago we did that, and I remember someone thinking, um, we had a conversation afterwards, I wonder if they're going to join us. You know, they've got teenagers. And, um, yeah, a little bit after that, we, we spoke to, to, um, 
to Stu and Mel and, and said, listen, we feel that this is what God has called us to do, is to join your church. And believe me, when we sat down and had the conversation together, it was kind of like, yeah, there were a lot of little children running around. It was a very different demographic to, to our group. And um, we weren't sure about how it would work, but we knew God would be faithful. And I've watched as God has merged those two groups together. And for us, you guys have become family. You've become uh, our mission and our purpose. You've become our place of restoration as God continues to do what he said to us he would do with us moving up to Birmingham. So I just want to thank you for that. And Becky's got something to add. On the first Sunday that we had officially joined, Susan Gray came to me and she'd had a picture that God had given her. And she'd seen two pieces of paper, and then they'd been brought together. And, um, and then the two pa- when she looked at the paper, there was no join. And she felt like God had said that you'd see no join. It would be as though it was one paper. And I'm just looking back over the two bit years, and there's no join. You know, I think we are one family. And, you know, if you come in, you would never know what that there'd been two churches. You just see one family. And I just really just thank God for that because I think it's an absolute miracle. It's amazing what he's done. Um, I know it hasn't been easy for all of us, but I think God has grown us, um, each one of us, and he's using us. We're part of it, of this church. It's our home, and it's now our family. And it's just amazing what he's done. And then personally for our family, um, you know, we've brought two teenagers and God has brought a youth group and um, grown a youth group. And, and they have amazing leaders and they've got friends that they're learning about God together and just enjoying family and church. Um, you know, and Joel got baptized here. Caitlin's given her life to the Lord. Isaac has as well, but we'll see. But it's just been God has given us family. And being South African, not having family, it's been so amazing to come in and have a big family. So, yeah. And then Haley, who's going to represent the Bones. I'm going to interview Haley because somewhere the email asking them to share a story got lost. And when I said to her, are you all right to share your story? She looked fairly horrified. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview Haley. so it'll be a little bit backwards and forwards. We just wanted you to hear a story, really, of what God does in a household. Um, and so we just asked the Bowens to share, really. So, Haley, first off, um, would you just tell us um, how you got saved? Would that be all right? I'll try and keep it down to just the half hour. One minute. Okay, so um, those of you that haven't heard this before, um, Matthew started going to school with Joel when the Douglas Joneses moved up to uh, the Midlands. And uh, after a sleepover, Matthew was invited to go to church with them, or he had to come home really early. And obviously he wanted to spend as much time with Joel as he could. So off he went to uh, church, went to Sunday school, came back absolutely loving it, and the DJs offered to take him every week. And then I slowly realized that they were having to take two cars to fit Matthew in because they had those three children that Jeremy forgets about and um, <laughs> and so I took him along would drop him off and then go and do a bit of shopping and then kind of peek through the window see what they were doing and thought well I should go in really so I went in and everyone was so lovely to me really welcoming gave me some washing up to do which was really nice um, so I 
started to go along and I really enjoyed what I was hearing. I'd never been to church before really other than with brownies um, and a couple of times in, in Warmly but um, I just stayed and listened and it just just started to kind of fill my heart and make me realise that there was more to the life that I knew um, and that there was so much I could learn about uh, God and Jesus and just the blessings and, and didn't notice, I hadn't noticed the blessings that had been bestowed upon me up until that point, the provision that we'd received in difficult times, it all started to make sense and then on the 19th of October 2014, after we joined the church, um, John Dean preached on something that involved some mountaineering equipment and uh, he just looked at me during his preach and came over to me after and said, are you ready to be saved? And I went, no! <laughs> Ran away and spoke with Di. And she's like, what are you so worried about? I went, well, I've never seen anybody be saved. I don't know what I have to do. Do I have to stand on a chair? What happens? So um, Di took my hand and said, come on, let's go and find John. And we stood over where the trial cry. <laughs> we stood over there and I was saved. You also in your family have quite a, a, just a beautiful healing story with what happened with Dave. So would you just tell us about that? Try and be quicker this time. So I went along to a session that, um, that you'd arranged with uh, Julian Adams. And obviously we've talked about him before and he has a great gift of, of healing and prophecy. And after he'd done his preach, he started to kind of share some of the things that were in his head. And the first thing that came up, I think, was about somebody had a problem with their shoulder. And nobody in the room kind of put their hand up. I think actually someone might have said, well, I've got a little bit of an ache, but it's nothing major. Well, as that was happening, Dave wasn't with me because he'd gone to the Royal Orthopaedic Hospital the other side of Birmingham to uh, talk to a surgeon about an operation he needed to have on his shoulder because it, he'd got some sort of rotator cuff damage and he was in a lot of pain. And as you know, Dave's really into motorcycling and that's where he is today. And so he hurts himself all the time and his pain threshold is really great. I mean, he had a heart attack walking through Euston Station and just kept walking and went to his meeting. So he doesn't fuss about pain but he was in a lot of trouble with this so he was sat waiting and and we've talked about it and it's almost exactly as I as um, Julian Adams was having this uh, healing um, prophecy and I no one came forward about this shoulder thing so I went and spoke to him after and said there's you know my husband's got a problem with his shoulder and he's at the hospital now and he just said right let's pray about it And so he prayed about it and said to me, just touch your husband's shoulder and say, be healed in Jesus' name. So I went home. Dave was home when I got there. And he went, how was this evening? I went, oh, it's all fine. Julian Adams says your shoulder's going to be fine and you should be healed in Jesus' name. And he went, you're joking. And I said, no. He said, well, my shoulder's better. He said, I walked out of the waiting room into the surgeon's office And the surgeon said, show me the restricted movement. Now, he couldn't even do that. And he went, "Uh, it seems to be better. Thanks, bye. (laughs) Amazing. 
And then lastly, Hayley, this will only require a yes, really, to a question. So you don't at all. It's beautiful stories. In this church, you have, I think, seen your husband, yourself, and your son make a commitment to Jesus. And in this church, I think you have seen yourself, your husband, and your son be baptized in water. Is that true? true. Absolutely true. Okay, let's give God a good thank you. See, in this place, there will be loads of stories and God will want to keep on telling stories. And you'll be sitting there with your own stories, which, you know, we want to celebrate as well. Um, Lastly, I'm going to bring this before we worship. This morning, I, I just as soon as I woke up, I thought to myself, today in this place, we're going to say goodbye and thank you. And we're going to use those two words. We're going to say goodbye to this place and goodbye to what God has done here. And we're also going to say thank you for it. And we're going to be a grateful people so that when we move, we take that grateful heart, but also that expectation. And I felt God say to me that as a people, we need to get used to saying goodbye and saying thank you. And that over and over again, God was going to cause us to use those two words. And I felt like he said, real life church, you need to be in the habit of it. So when you have children, you're all the time training them to say thank you and please. And you're on them and you're going to say thank you, say please, say thank you, say please. Because you want it to become a habit so that whenever someone gives them something, whenever they want something, they say thank you, they say please. And I felt like God wanted us to build a habit of saying goodbye and saying thank you. I felt there'd be things... There will be venues that we will live in and we will say goodbye to. I felt like God wanted to tell us even before we've moved, that we will need to do this process again and again, that we will fill places and need to move on. And we're to just get comfortable with that as a people. Uh, I felt like there would be actual people that we would be saying goodbye to and thank you to. I feel like we will be a church that will send people regularly to other places, into other settings. And we're to get, again, comfortable. We're saying to God, thank you so much and goodbye. And and be the kinds of people that, that send people really well. I felt like in this place we would say goodbye to sin. And we would be the kind of people that that regularly are getting ourselves free of sin and we would be repenting, we would be seeing people saved because we were regularly in the presence of God dealing with stuff. And I feel like even today, you ought to just in worship just say to God, I want to say goodbye to some stuff. I want to leave it here. I don't want to go into the next place with whatever it is. I felt like we've not seen a lot of this yet, but I felt like we're to be a place where we say goodbye to sickness and we say goodbye in ways that we say you're done. And, and I, we've not seen a huge amount of that yet. We've seen uh, glimmers of it. And in this season, I just felt God wanted to highlight a few things. And the first thing felt weird to me, not weird Basically, I felt like God say the food bank in the next season, we're going to see go up a gear. 
But not in terms of us giving loads of food, in terms of us walking people out of poverty and enabling people to stand back up again and have some dignity. And, and I felt like it's not that we would increase our goods, but we would increase our influence in people's lives in seeing them walk out of it. It, it felt like God said to me, it's not enough that you feed them. It's never going to be enough. We need to help people walk out of it. We need to help people walk into what God has for them. I felt like freedom in Christ, and I know that we have talked about this, this will increasingly become a point for people where they will walk free of stuff that has literally held them back for years. And I feel like we will see as a church such dancing because people will be free. And even now in this place, there are people who need to get themselves on freedom in Christ because you know the decision you need to make for the new year is, I need to get rid of some stuff that has been holding me back for years and years and years and it will become something that just helps us clean up as a people and just helps us rid ourselves of things and I I feel like it won't just be be this little side thing we do in a home I feel like it will be all over us we'll be chatting with people and we'll go you need freedom in Christ and it will become like the talk the gossip we'll be going ah and And other people will be saying it of us. They'll be saying, you need freedom in Christ. And we're to just get comfortable with that. I felt like church planting and nations are going to be a thing that you're going to hear more about. And and those will be things where we will need to say goodbye to people who need to go and start something new somewhere else. And we just will need to get comfortable with that. And and healing, if you know that healing is in you and part of you, I feel like this year you want to be saying to God, I want to start saying goodbye to sickness and disease and I want to start thanking you for the breakthrough that you're bringing. So I myself am going to get a little journal that says goodbye and thank you and in it I'm going to ask God to give me some stories where we've said goodbye to sickness and thank you for bringing healing. So We need to get comfortable real life church with saying goodbye and thank you. And we're going to say goodbye to this place. And we're going to thank God for all that he's done in this place. But we're going to keep on doing that. Amen? Amen. Stuart, do you want to band? Would you like to come up? We're going to worship one last time in this place. And we're going to honor Jesus for all that he's done in this room and all that he will continue to do with us. Let's stand. Kids, you have been amazing. We honor you guys for doing well and helping your family stay in the room this morning and being a part of it this morning. You have a special place in my heart always, but I know that you have an even bigger special place in God's heart. I know he sees you, knows you, and has amazing plans for you. So we will help you move to the girls' school, the grammar school, and we will help you settle there, learn there, and grow there. Does that sound good, real-life kids, real-life youth? Good. Come on then, let's worship. All right, the, um, the last part, the third part is change lives, which for me, for us, is the most important thing about what we do. It's great to see us grow and, and be a blessing to the community around. I think that's important. That's what God's asked us to do. But ultimately, our destination is for people to meet Jesus for themselves, 
for us as believers to grow ourselves, but also for new people then to come and meet Jesus for the first time. And as our time here in the youth center, we've had lots of examples of that happening. There are many who can testify from their own personal kind of experience that what God's grown me in, even for me, leading this church from where we started to where we are now, I know God has grown me, transformed me hugely in that time. But also we've seen many, many people come to know Jesus for the first time. Um, if you put the picture up, this is just a picture of our baptism that we had, which is an example of it. That was only a few weeks back. But in terms of people becoming Christians, this is what I think. Forgive me if I've missed you, but this is what I think people who have become Christians. We've had adults. We've had Dave and Haley, Sam and Ness, Hannah, Sophia and Nikki become Christians here. Can we have a whoop for that? That's seven that I know of while we've been here. Youth. You've had eight, including some recommitments. Joel, Joel, Emily, Caitlin, Matt, Cassidy, Josh, and Amber. Plus, we have had 12 of our children make commitments to Jesus out in kids' work, which again, so they are fantastic stories of God impacting people's lives personally. Baptism-wise, we've baptized 10 people in this room at various points. Woo, okay, woo, I wasn't expecting a woo there. Nor were you by the sounds of it, but we've had Mark and Dave and Haley and Matt and Joel and Sam and Ness and Hannah and Joel and Sophia all baptized in this room, which is just an awesome thing about what God said he would do. He said he would build his church. He said he would transform lives. And it's great when we read the stories in our Bibles and then we look at what's happening now and think, same God. What he did then, he's doing now, and he's transforming lives, and he's changing people, and it's been absolutely brilliant to celebrate that, and most of us, I imagine, would know some of those people I've um, listed out. You might be one of those people, but it's so wonderful to see all that God is doing in transforming and touching lives. As well as that, we've run a bunch of courses, which are along that theme as well as a church. We've run Freedom in Christ. Woo! Freedom in Christ. It began with a kind of a a secret undercover kind of pilot course with a small group. We then took the whole church through it. So if you were here, you all went through it. We had the Freedom Days. Since then, Mike and Sarah have run um, another course, which is almost finished, not quite. And in terms of numbers, we had 19 on the two sort of smaller courses run through homes. Plus in the middle, there was kind of basically most of us went through it. And I know I'm still hearing from stories. We've got some people in our life group who are doing the Freedom in Christ, and they keep coming back and saying, God is doing amazing things, setting free from lies. It's been incredible, transforming stuff. I'm absolutely thrilled about all that. We've also run the marriage course. Mike and Fliss have been doing that. Uh, they put three couples through it kind of informally, just in their home, just take them through the material, help them. So we got strengthened marriages out of that, which again is wonderful. We've also run Alpha a bunch of times. I think we've got 18, our number that Melanie gave me of guests who've been on our Alpha course that we've run probably a couple of years for the last few years, which has been absolutely fantastic. Some of those people, the people who then become Christians, um, oh, the check pictures change, and we baptize. So God is about transforming lives, and it's absolutely amazing um, all the things you've done, and our prayer is that that would continue. And I hope that if you've been here any period of time, you can testify to what it's been like with God working in your life, transforming you, changing you, challenging you, growing you as a Christian. That's good news. Amen? Amen. Melanie, do you want to come? A little bit. We wanted to just tell a few stories, and we realize in a room like this, 
there will be so many stories. So we've just picked some people that we just thought we would love to tell us a little bit about what this journey has been like for them in this place. Um, and I know informally you're all telling these kind of stories. So I'm going to ask Dan Maisie, Andrew and Becca, Jeremy and Becky, and Haley. As Haley, if you can come up. Dan, I'm going to ask you to go first, if that's okay. It's a little bit harsh, but I know you can handle it. So let's give Dan a hand. Okay. Hi, everyone. And so for those that don't know me, uh, my name's Dan. I joined the church uh, just as we moved to Clifton Road Youth Centre. Trying to think what God's done over four years in just two minutes is quite tricky to actually cram it all in. But I think in the real life way, I'll go for three things which I think God has done. Um, so number one, I think, is the workplace. So when I joined the church, I just started a job in, as a graduate in a professional services firm. Going from a student, the transition was quite tricky, but God put people like Ben and Charlotte and many others who helped me. Even since then, I think God has really sort of shown favour. So whilst being there, I've had a couple of promotions. And even last week, I got the chance to go and spend some time with our leadership in the US and Canada. And off the back of that, there's a great story as well where I got to chat to a director in our team. We spoke for about three hours about Jesus and testimonies, and he even invited me to church the next day, which was unexpected, but amazing as well. I think the second thing I'm grateful for in my personal journey um, is having people at the church who are sort of God-fearing and respect the Bible. So when I first turned up, I had the view that I potentially didn't need to be baptised. I spoke with Mel, who kindly suggested that I read my Bible, <laughs> which was <laughs> uh, whilst blunt, I read the Bible, turned out Mel was correct, and so off the back of that, got baptised, and yeah, it, it helped me on the journey. And then the last thing is in terms of worship, so I'm naturally shy, so actually talking to people or being up in front of people is terrifying. Um, I'd never actually played drums in front of people or maybe once before coming to church and hadn't always had the best times at uni. Um, so having the leads like Matt and Phil has been incredible, both because they're musically talented and pushed me to do things that I wouldn't have done otherwise, so like playing in Boldmere, worship in front of, sort of many people, or leading whatever. And, but as well as that, uh, having them who do a lot of the unseen, sort of pastoral and caring, has been just an amazing blessing. And I think the last thing i say, I just love uh, how a lot of the blessing which I've had at this church hasn't been the sort of manna from heaven, it's just been sort of people in the day-to-day. That's it. Thank you. Why don't we have the pinders up now? Come on. Hi, uh, I'm Becca. It's my husband, Andrew. He's uh, asked me to talk, so... Uh, I'm going to go a minute on church and a minute on uh, family highlights. So we were called to this church... Uh, from day one, really, uh, and we very much love it here. Um, in the early days, we served on, apart from worship, I think pretty much all of the teams because it was a small church, and, and that's what we did. And as part of that mix, we served in uh, on a kids' team. Uh, if I'm honest, in our natural giftings, I would have put that fairly kind of low as, as to what we were good at and, and called to do. Uh, but a couple of years ago, uh, whilst we were thinking and praying about it, God really uh, asked us just to step up and lead a team, um, which in the natural was, was not a natural progression. Uh, but I can honestly say that uh, following him in doing that, God has blessed us with every last thing we've needed to do that. Um, 
So yeah, I definitely challenge you that if God calls you to do something out of your comfort zone or that surprises you, run with it because he's never out of his depth and he will provide everything you need. Um, for us as a family, I think it would be impossible for us to leave Clifton Road, uh, not having said that God has added this one to our family since we've been here. Um, in the sort of 18 months before we had Anna, we sadly had two miscarriages, but I can honestly say that the people of God and God walked with us so beautifully through that sadness and the joy of adding Anna to us. Um, Thomas has really benefited from the wonderful children's work here and is really uh, engaged with the Bible and just asking some brilliant questions. So thank you to so much of you that, that teach him out there. Um, I've stepped out into areas of work that are way beyond my comfort zone thanks to the love, support, prayers and prophecy of some brilliant people in this room and some teaching we've had as a church. Uh, and the final thing I was just going to say, talking about the community, um, my parents' house was destroyed by a fire last year. Uh, within a week, some of you amazing people had got them some stuff together and they were just blown away. Off the back of that, they've been on an alpha course here, they've learned about Jesus and I hope one day they will have their own story uh, to tell about that. Um, I think the only thing I'd add to what Becca said is that since we've been here at Clifton Road, I've really seen the Lord care for and provide for the Real Life Church as a, a living body. Um, all the people who have turned up, all the people who have joined all the teams, I've seen these teams grow, and people have been called to them um, specifically, and also people who have stepped up because God's called them in the way that they've looked around and they've decided, realized they're the only one. There is no one else. Um, isn't it? It's, it's been amazing to see it happen. Amen. Thank you, Kendra. The, um, the Pinders for us will always be a special family because my, my greatest fear in moving and church planting was that my little boy, Levi, would be the only kid on a church plant and there'd be loads of adults and he wouldn't have any friends. And our first week, Thomas turned up with his dad and, and it was like God just said, do you not think I already have that covered? And for me, every time I look at the Pinders, I, they, for me, are provision. I look at them and just go, God already knew way in advance what we needed and what would make this work. And so often people in this room are, are just God's provision to us and God's gift to us. So it, it's, good, it's good to look at people like that and, and, and just value what God has done, really. So... I'm going to ask Jeremy and Becky to come up. Okay. Um, so I think our story starts probably about six and a half years ago when we moved up to Birmingham to, to plant a church with a, a group of people that were meeting um, twice weekly. And... Um, I'm not going to tell you the whole story there, but we spent four years building that church. And two and a half years ago, there was a, a point where we, we were looking at God and saying, where are we going from here? How is it that you're going to fulfill the vision that you've given um, Becky and myself? Um, how is it that you're going to fulfill um, the vision that you gave us that moved us ultimately from South Africa to the middle of England to plant church for you? And um, I remember two and a half years ago coming and 
visiting, standing in this exact spot, and I think we were arranged in this way with uh, five or six families that came with, and I introduced ourselves as a family with two children, which was a terrible, terrible error because we had three at the time. But, <laughs> um, so number one, I want to thank God that you still accepted us after that. Um, yeah. So two and a half years ago, we did that, and I remember someone thinking, um, we had a conversation afterwards, I wonder if they're going to join us, you know, they've got teenagers. And um, yeah, a little bit after that, we, we spoke to, to, um, to Stu and Mel and, and said, listen, we feel that this is what God has called us to do, is to join your church. And believe me, when we sat down and had the conversation together, it was kind of like, yeah, there were a lot of little children running around. It was a very different demographic to, to our group, and um, we weren't sure about how it would work, but we knew God would be faithful, and I've watched as God has merged those two groups together, and for us, you guys have become family, you've become uh, our mission and our purpose, you've become our place of restoration, as God continues to do what He said to us He would do with us moving up to Birmingham. So I just want to thank you for that, and Becky's got something to add. On the first Sunday that we had officially joined, Susan Gray came to me, and she'd had a picture that God had given her, and she'd seen two pieces of paper, and then they'd been brought together, and, um, and then the two pa- when she looked at the paper, there was no join, and she felt like God had said that you'd see no join. It would be as though it was one paper, and I'm just looking back over the two bit years, and there's no join. You know, I think we are one family, and you know, if you come in, you would never know what that there'd been two churches. You'd just see one family. And I just really just thank God for that because I think it's an absolute miracle. It's amazing what he's done. Um, I know it hasn't been easy for all of us, but I think God has grown us, um, each one of us, and he's using us. We're part of it, of this church. It's our home, and it's now our family. And it's just amazing what he's done. And then personally for our family, um, you know, we've brought two teenagers and God has brought a youth group and um, grown a youth group. And, and they have amazing leaders and they've got friends that they're learning about God together and just enjoying family and church. Um, you know, and Joel got baptized here. Caitlin's given her life to the Lord. Isaac has as well, but we'll see. But it's just been God has given us family. And being South African, not having family, it's been so amazing to come in and have a big family. So, yeah. And then Haley, who's going to represent the Bowens. I'm going to interview Haley because somewhere the email asking them to share a story got lost. And when I said to her, are you all right to share your story? She looked fairly horrified. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview Haley. so it'll be a little bit backwards and forwards. We just wanted you to hear a story, really, of what God does in a household. Um, and so we just asked the Bowens to share, really. So Haley, first off, um, would you just tell us um, how you got saved? Would that be all right? I'll try and keep it down to just the half hour. One minute. Okay, so um, those of you that haven't heard this before, um, Matthew started going to school with Joel when the Douglas Joneses moved up to 
the Midlands. And uh, after a sleepover, Matthew was invited to go to church with them, or he had to come home really early. And obviously he wanted to spend as much time with Joel as he could. So off he went to uh, church, went to Sunday school, came back absolutely loving it, and the DJs offered to take him every week. And then I slowly realized that they were having to take two cars to fit Matthew in because they had those three children that Jeremy forgets about. And, um, <laughs> and so I took him along, would drop him off and then go and do a bit of shopping and then kind of peek through the window, see what they were doing and thought, well, I should go in really. So I went in and everyone was so lovely to me, really welcoming, gave me some washing up to do, which was really nice. Um, so I started to go along and I really enjoyed what I was hearing. I'd never been to church before really other than with brownies, um, and a couple of times in, in Warmly, but um, I just stayed and listened, and it just just started to kind of fill my heart and make me realize that there was more to the life that I knew, um, and that there was so much I could learn about uh, God and Jesus and just the blessings, and, and didn't notice, I hadn't noticed the blessings that had been bestowed upon me up until that point, the provision that we'd received in difficult times, it all started to make sense, and then on the 19th of October 2014, after we joined the church, um, John Dean preached on something that involved some mountaineering equipment, and uh, he just looked at me during his preach and came over to me after and said, are you ready to be saved? And I went, no! <laughs> Ran away and spoke with Di. And she's like, what are you so worried about? I went, well, I've never seen anybody be saved. I don't know what I have to do. Do I have to stand on a chair? What happens? So um, Di took my hand and said, come on, let's go and find John. And we stood over where the trial cry. <laughs> we stood over there, and I was saved. You also in your family have quite a, a, just a beautiful healing story with what happened with Dave. So would you just tell us about that? Try and be quicker this time. So I went along to a session that, um, that you'd arranged with uh, Julian Adams. And obviously we've talked about him before and he has a great gift of, of healing and prophecy. And after he'd done his preach, he started to kind of share some of the things that were in his head. And the first thing that came up, I think, was about somebody had a problem with their shoulder. And nobody in the room kind of put their hand up. I think actually someone might have said, well, I've got a little bit of an ache, but it's nothing major. Well, as that was happening, Dave wasn't with me because he'd gone to the Royal Orthopaedic Hospital the other side of Birmingham to uh, talk to a surgeon about an operation he needed to have on his shoulder because it, he'd got some sort of rotator cuff damage and he was in a lot of pain. And as you know, Dave's really into motorcycling and that's where he is today. And so he hurts himself all the time and his pain threshold is really great. I mean, he had a heart attack walking through Euston Station and just kept walking and went to his meeting. So he doesn't fuss about pain but he was in a lot of trouble with this so he was sat waiting and, and we've talked about it and it's almost exactly as I as um, Julian Adams was having this uh, healing um, prophecy and I no one came forward about this shoulder thing so I went and spoke to him after and said 
there's, you know, my husband's got a problem with his shoulder and he's at the hospital now. And he just said, right, let's pray about it. And so he prayed about it and said to me, just touch your husband's shoulder and say, be healed in Jesus' name. So I went home. Dave was home when I got there. And he went, how was this evening? I went, oh, it's all fine. Julian Adams says your shoulder's going to be fine and you should be healed in Jesus' name. And he went, you're joking. And I said, no. He said, well, my shoulder's better. He said, I walked out of the waiting room into the surgeon's office and the surgeon said, show me the restricted movement. Now, he couldn't even do that. And he went, uh, it seems to be better. Thanks, bye. <laughs> Amazing. And then lastly, Hayley, this will only require a yes, really, to a question. So you don't at all. It's beautiful stories. In this church, you have, I think, seen your husband, yourself, and your son make a commitment to Jesus. And in this church, I think you have seen yourself, your husband, and your son be baptized in water. Is that true? true. Absolutely true. Okay, let's give God a good thank you. See, in this place, there will be loads of stories and God will want to keep on telling stories. And you'll be sitting there with your own stories, which, you know, we want to celebrate as well. Um, Lastly, I'm going to bring this before we worship. This morning, I, I just as soon as I woke up, I thought to myself, today in this place, we're going to say goodbye and thank you. And we're going to use those two words. We're going to say goodbye to this place and goodbye to what God has done here. And we're also going to say thank you for it. And we're going to be a grateful people so that when we move, we take that grateful heart, but also that expectation. And I felt God say to me that as a people, we need to get used to saying goodbye and saying thank you. And that over and over again, God was going to cause us to use those two words. And I felt like he said, real life church, you need to be in the habit of it. So when you have children, you're all the time training them to say thank you and please. And you're on them and you're going to say thank you, say please, say thank you, say please. Because you want it to become a habit so that whenever someone gives them something, whenever they want something, they say thank you, they say please. And I felt like God wanted us to build a habit of saying goodbye and saying thank you. I felt there'd be things... There will be venues that we will live in and we will say goodbye to. I felt like God wanted to tell us even before we've moved, that we will need to do this process again and again, that we will fill places and need to move on. And we're to just get comfortable with that as a people. Uh, I felt like there would be actual people that we would be saying goodbye to and thank you to. I feel like we will be a church that will send people regularly to other places, into other settings. And we're to get, again, comfortable with saying to God, thank you so much and goodbye. And, and be the kinds of people that, that send people really well. I felt like in this place we would say goodbye to sin. And we would be the kind of people that 
that regularly are getting ourselves free of sin and we would be repenting, we would be seeing people saved because we were regularly in the presence of God dealing with stuff. And I feel like even today, you ought to just in worship just say to God, I want to say goodbye to some stuff. I want to leave it here. I don't want to go into the next place with whatever it is. I felt like we've not seen a lot of this yet, but I felt like we're to be a place where we say goodbye to sickness and we say goodbye in ways that we say you're done. And, and I, we've not seen a huge amount of that yet. We've seen uh, glimmers of it. And in this season, I just felt God wanted to highlight a few things. And the first thing felt weird to me, not weird Basically, I felt like God say the food bank in the next season, we're going to see go up a gear, but not in terms of us giving loads of food, in terms of us walking people out of poverty and enabling people to stand back up again and have some dignity. And, and I felt like it's not that we would increase our goods, but we would increase our influence in people's lives, in seeing them walk out of it. It felt like God said to me, it's not enough that you feed them. It's never going to be enough. We need to help people walk out of it. We need to help people walk into what God has for them. I felt like freedom in Christ, and I know that we have talked about this. This will increasingly become a point for people where they will walk free of stuff that has literally held them back for years. And I feel like we will see as a church such dancing because people will be free. And even now in this place, there are people who need to get themselves on freedom in Christ because you know the decision you need to make for the new year is I need to to get rid of some stuff that has been holding me back for years and years and years. And it will become something that just helps us clean up as a people and just helps us rid ourselves of things. And I, I feel like it won't just be, be this little side thing we do in a home. I feel like it will be all over us. We'll be chatting with people and we'll go, you need freedom in Christ. And it will become like the talk, the gossip. We'll be going, ah, and and other people will be saying it of us. They'll be saying, you need freedom in Christ. And we're to just get comfortable with that. I felt like church planting and nations are going to be a thing that you're going to hear more about. And, and those will be things where we will need to say goodbye to people who need to go and start something new somewhere else. And we just will need to get comfortable with that. And, and healing, I, I'd, if you know that healing is in you and part of you, I feel like this year you want to be saying to God, I want to start saying goodbye to sickness and disease and I want to start thanking you for the breakthrough that you're bringing. So I myself am going to get a little journal that says goodbye and thank you and in it I'm going to ask God to give me some stories where we've said goodbye to sickness and thank you for bringing healing. So we need to get comfortable real life church with saying goodbye and thank you. And we're going to say goodbye to this place. And we're going to thank God for all that he's done in this place. But we're going to keep on doing that. Amen? Amen. Stuart, do you want to band? Would you like to come up? We're going to worship one last time in this place. And we're going to honor Jesus for all that he's done in this room and all that he will continue to do with us. Let's stand. Kids, you have been amazing. We 
honour you guys for doing well and helping your family stay in the room this morning and being a part of it this morning. You have a special place in my heart always, but I know that you have an even bigger special place in God's heart. I know he sees you, knows you, and has amazing plans for you. So we will help you move to the girls' school, the grammar school, and we will help you settle there, learn there, and grow there. Does that sound good? Real life kids? Real life youth? Good. Come on then, let's worship.